Okay, could you just start by saying your name and what your um, position here is at Oxford at the moment? Yeah, so my name is Henry Chan. Um, oh. I'm a... Um, there we are. Now, I think I need you to go back to just telling me um, what you told me about the uh, Centre for Doctoral Training and your supervision. Yes, yeah. so I'm a DPhil student at the Synthesis for Biology and Medicine Centre for Doctoral Training. Uh, this is a programme uh, here at the Department of Chemistry at the uh, University of Oxford. And um, yeah, I'm jointly supervised by uh, Professor uh, Fernanda Duarte on the Computational Organic Chemistry and uh, Professor Chris Gofield uh, working more on the uh, biological and organic chemistry sides. Mm -hmm. And tell me how you first got interested in chemistry when you were at school. Yeah, so I grew up in Hong Kong and did my high school there. And um, yeah, I've always enjoyed uh, doing experiments uh, in chemistry lessons and uh, just seeing how things work in real life. And I've always been fascinated, uh, uh, sorry, uh, fascinated by uh, the different applications of chemistry, uh, from textiles, plastics, uh, to uh, the medicines that cure diseases. And um, yeah, and I guess as, as a very uh, young um, kid, uh, back when I was in kindergarten, I experienced the, the first SARS outbreak in um, 2003, and that sort of um, uh, provided me with uh, some motivation to um, use chemical knowledge to um, solve um, medicinal problems and to help tackle diseases in real life. Mm -hmm. to, um, to, yeah. And how did you come to be doing your DPhil here in Oxford? Yeah, so I did my undergraduate uh, at, uh, here at Oxford as well and um, yeah, just um, really enjoyed uh, doing organic chemistry uh, while I was an undergraduate and um, I did uh, one year, um, the final year um, uh, MCAM project uh, with a cr uh, Professor Chris Gofield, um, during which I uh, studied the beta-lactamases, which were important enzymes in uh, uh, antibiotic resistance. And um, yeah, since then, um, I've really enjoyed research and uh, uh, enjoyed working uh, in the interface between chemistry and biology. Mm, mm, mm. Well, um, um, coming from uh, East Asia, as, as you do, presumably you were pretty um, alive to what was going on in, mm. in Wuhan when it first happened. Um, what, what were you hearing about from family and friends? Yeah, so I remember the news probably appeared when I was about to... Um, so I was having my um, Christmas holiday in Hong Kong and that was around the time when I uh, flew back to the UK. But um, initially I thought it might be just similar to uh, what we experienced many years ago and that it will be uh, a short and maybe just local uh, outbreak of coronavirus. But that uh, turned out to be wrong and yeah, um, the virus uh, spread to different parts of the world. It was um, much more contagious and deadly than um, than we would have thought and um, yeah I remember in February uh, 2020 I was still uh, able to um, go to Berlin for a computational chemistry workshop with some uh, colleagues but then um, then we were um, a little bit worried uh, when we were um, on the flights but then um, yeah still managed to travel but eventually in March then uh, things uh, worsened quite quickly and um, 
we had to uh, start working from home and uh, went into the first uh, national lockdown. Mm -hmm. And what stage were you at in your PhD at that point? Were you still doing your first year or had you chosen your project for, to, 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 for the final part of your, your DPhil? Yeah, so I was beginning my um, first of the third um, substantive um, uh, DPhil project. So back then I was um, doing some computational modelling on um, metal ligand interactions and also um, on a cancer-related protein called isocitrate dehydrogenase. Um, and so when the, um, the group, the wider group, uh, you know, Fernanda and, and her colleagues started to <coughs> meet regularly to talk about um, working on, on COVID, did, did, you, did you become involved in that straight away? Yeah, so um, yeah, I was uh, sort of introduced to this project uh, by both uh, Fernanda and Chris and um, they asked me whether uh, I would be interested in doing some computational modelling to uh, look at the um, activity mechanisms and also uh, the binding of inhibitors to uh, the SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus uh, main protease, so MPRO. And um, yeah, I've been um, yeah, quite enthusiastic to, to take on this project mm. then. So I understand that, that, that you and three other graduate students, uh, two from here and one from another university, um, really quite took, took the lead in this project. Tell, tell me about how it developed and how that came about. Yes, yeah, so um, I guess, so as a computational chemist, uh, back then I was mostly working from home. Um, and then um, also within the Schofield group, so also supervised by Chris, um, um, there's also uh, Tika, um, uh, Tika Mala, um, um, a DPhil student uh, working here, and um, she has um, she came into the lab to um, did some um, enzyme work, so developing assays and testing different inhibitors against um, MPRO, and um, that the work also involved uh, collaboration with um, the. Um, group of Professor Garrett Morris um, at the Department of Statistics here at um, the University of Oxford and was yeah initially got into contact with Garrett through I think because I had some um, questions on um, using docking to um, so uh, computational methods to predict how uh, inhibitors bind to the protein and um, those initial questions opened up that uh, possibility of um, starting a collaboration with him and also with his graduate student, uh, Mark. And um, eventually uh, that collaboration uh, went uh, further and uh, also uh, to the University of Bristol, where we collaborated with uh, the group of uh, Professor Adrian Moholland with his uh, graduate students, uh, including Becker, Rebecca, and also um, other other academics at uh, Bristol, uh, such as uh, Sophia um, and um, Debbie, and um, yeah, so the the collaboration just uh, got larger and larger as we um, as we uh, developed. And and did that? I mean, I'm just wondering if social media was involved in this. Did you was was there a, a any kind of sort of call out on social media that? let the community know that there was something going on that that was open that you were open to collaboration i think it's mostly uh maybe collaboration and knowledge bet Direct between content, the yeah. um, the uh, supervisors mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. and and so how did this um yeah you i think when we i was talking to uh, fernanda earlier she talked about a regular wednesday meeting 
Um, was that a, an unusual way of working in science? And, and what, what happened at those meetings? Yeah, I think so. So, yeah, I think we started off uh, having uh, 6 p.m. Uh, Wednesday uh, meetings uh, where we uh, discuss and exchange ideas and also uh, computational and experimental results um, on the uh, SARS-CoV-2 MPRO. And um, during which we, um, so because we all came from different backgrounds and had uh, different um, areas of expertise, so it was, um, we, uh, exchange ideas on uh, the methods that we're more familiar with and also um, the results and um, that sort of pushed the collaboration uh, forward and through that uh, exchange of ideas we are then able to develop new ideas, design uh, new inhibitors that eventually uh, were tested in the lab. Mm -hmm. Well, Let's go into that a little bit more, so t tell me first of all what was your, your personal role, what, were you, what was the challenge that you, were, that you set yourself? Uh, to, to solve in this as part of this project? Yeah, so um, on MPRO, yeah, I've been involved in sort of two uh, smaller oh, projects. Well, take them one yeah. at a time and it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> so, so the first one is more about the fundamental question of how MPRO works. Um, so uh, I've been modeling the, um, the uh, main protease complex with um, uh, its uh, native substrates uh, modeled as uh, shorter uh, peptides and then through uh, molecular dynamic simulations um, analyze how um, uh, the protein interacted with these uh, interact with these uh, substrate peptides and uh, seeing what are the um, key interactions that we might be able to exploit in designing inhibitors and the second branch of the project is to um, look at uh, how inhibitors bind and how to design better inhibitors. So and then these inhibitors, so a protease is a big molecule, yeah. the, the inhibitors they're much smaller, is that is that right? And yes. They're just, so they're just looking to dock in a particular point on the bigger protein. Yes, so uh, those uh, inhibitor molecules are more drug-like and because um, we're also interested in helping with the drug repurposing uh, um, approach. Um, um, here the experimental colleagues have also tested a range of um, uh, different uh, compounds that are already drugs or drug analogs um, of uh, known drugs and um, you yeah, just docking those and seeing how uh, they might bind to uh, MPRO. Mm -hmm. and, and that's that's all done computationally? Yep, uh, yeah. computational, uh, computationally when, um, but also um, complemented by uh, um, different techniques here um, done by experiments and also uh, s sometimes uh, if if we're lucky uh, a crystal structure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, well, we might get into that as well. Um, and and uh, roughly how many um, compounds have you, have you did you look at in the course of the, of the process? I think there are quite a lot so uh, hundreds initially hundreds. But, <laughs> but then yeah um, we, we switch our focus uh, to maybe just um, around 10 or so um, mm -hmm. to... So do you do, sorry to interrupt, but do you, uh, I mean, do you do them one by one or does the computational approach allow you to screen a whole lot at the same time and then see which ones work best? Yeah, um, we're able to screen um, a large uh, batch uh, initially, but then, um, yeah, I guess eventually as the project developed and as more uh, uh, experimental data came in, then um, we're able to turn our focus to um, a smaller range of compounds, so maybe around uh, 10 compounds to, to look at more spe uh, specifically. Mm -hmm. and, and how well did they seem to be working at inhibiting the protease? Yeah, so um, I think there are still 
maybe um, just a few micromolar in terms of uh, the inhibition affinity. Yeah. So, um, but yeah. Can you explain that in more um, <laughs> everyday language? <laughs> yeah. So, um, I guess they're able to to bind to the protein, and actually, uh, because um, mPro consists of um, a nucleophilic uh, cysteine residue, so that involves a sulfur that um, that um, attacks the um, substrate and um, helps um, catalyze the whole uh, hydrolysis reaction of the amide bond. So um, uh, those inhibitors are able to um, to target that uh, nucleophilic cysteine residue and um, modify it um, uh, to to form a covalent complex that's unable to. Um, uh, performance uh, native uh, function. So is that so? Does that block it completely? I think, well, Not it's, quite. it's dependent on concentration. Right. Yes. I, I think it's still uh, <laughs> under, like, yeah, under a process of optimization. Yes. Yes. And that. And so the idea would be then to to take that work further and and develop those those compounds, those blocking compounds, to see whether any of them um, m might have promise. Um, as, as antivirals. Yes, hopefully. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so that rather knocked your PhD, your, your DPhil programme, um, well, I into a different course, mm. <laughs> let's say, yep. but I guess in, in the end it doesn't, as long as you do some work, it doesn't really matter what <laughs> it does. <laughs> so, I mean, did you, have you had to re rewrite the title of your, of your thesis or, or, or um, will it all be included in, in your original programme? Yeah, I, I had to rewrite and uh, sort of switch my focus from my initial project mm. uh, to this uh, uh, new project of modeling the uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, proteases. Mm -hmm. um, but um, I think that's, yeah, um, would happily uh, take on this challenge. Yeah, absolutely, and, yeah. yes. <laughs> it's uh, clearly a very uh, fashionable, no, that's the wrong way of putting it, imp important mm. uh, area, area to be in. Um, and um, uh, I mean, it sounds terrible in a way, but in some ways, the fact that there has been this terrible thing that's affected the world has presented you with an opportunity uh, to to uh, really break new ground uh, in a way that might not be open to a lot of people at your early stage in your career. Yeah, I think it's the um, the free not uh, the free exchange of ideas and uh, knowledge and expertise that really helps uh, develop this project and um, help us achieve. Um, uh, some results both uh, computationally and uh, in the wet lab. So um, yeah, without yeah, without this um, this uh, I guess norm of uh, working through Zoom and uh, having Zoom meetings and um, being open to online collaborations that might not have started, and mm -hmm. maybe I I wouldn't have uh, learned that much from uh, my collaborators. So another thing I've heard of, I just put this in here, is COVID, the COVID moonshot project. Is that something you've been involved with at all, or is that completely separate? Um, not really. So no. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. needn't talk. We needn't talk anymore about that. Uh, yeah. I've just been doing my research online and finding these things slightly overlapping, but not not quite. Some of the collaborators, I think, have been also been involved with that. Um, so yeah, uh, so how again? How was did you f find it personally having to uh, suddenly work remotely and um, lose the kind of interaction which, as a student, you would you would normally expect a lot of um, you know close interaction with colleagues and friends. 
as, as, a, as a DPhil student? Yeah, initially as I took on this new project, um, there were still a lot of things to learn and a lot of uh, papers to read and a lot of uh, literature to absorb. So um, um, yeah, back at the very beginning of the first lockdown, um, remember like working quite hard, uh, just trying to um, get results as soon as possible. Um, and that probably um, helps, um, um, yeah, keeps on uh, kept on motivating myself to um, to uh, progress on this project. But I think you yeah, eventually um, start as the lockdown pr prolonged, uh, just uh, started feeling the the impact of uh, working alone and um, being yeah maybe a bit lonely and um, yeah lacking the the support and the conversation you would usually get uh, when you're working in an office with uh, your fellow colleagues. Mm. So um, yeah, it, it got uh, a bit uh, tough um, later and um, there are many um, ups and downs uh, during this journey, but uh, yeah, thanks to the support of uh, the collaborators, uh, um, uh, my supervisors and friends and family um, was able to um, so uh, overcome these challenges and uh, continue uh, making progress mm -hmm. and continue with my uh, work. Were you living in college or, or in, a, in, a, in, in a rented room somewhere? Yeah, so initially I was um, uh, working from home, but then uh, I moved into my college room and uh, worked from there most of the time. Mm -hmm. And of course, were your, family, were your family still in Hong Kong? So you, were they yes, most of my family. So yeah. being far away must have, can't have been very easy. It was difficult, mm -hmm. and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so, what's your main focus at the moment? Where, how are you trying to take this work forward? Yeah. So, I'm trying to finish up. Well, there remain many unanswered questions um, about uh, MPro, and uh, because uh, there. Are, um, there have been experimental data on how um, MPRO actually, um, the activity of MPRO towards these uh, 11 uh, different uh, native substrates. So I've been trying to understand by uh, computational chemistry why this difference um, is the way it is. Um, but also um, extending my project a little bit more, uh, I've been uh, working on the computational modeling of the papain-like protease, uh, also known as PLPRO. And uh, that is also an important um, a protease enzyme in the uh, SARS-CoV-2 coronavirus, and it helps uh, the virus evade uh, uh, the human immune response. Um, right. And um, yeah, so working very closely with um, some experimental uh, colleagues um, on that, um, but uh, me focusing on the, um, the computational side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be an alternative route to blocking the, the virus, um, as you said, so not so much the replication, but the evading of the, of the immune system. Yes, that yeah. would be. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Very interesting. And um, yes, I think, I think you did answer this, really. That I, it was the same question that I put to, to Fernando, whether you felt that uh, having an important job to do, uh, help to support your own well-being through the through the pandemic. Yeah, I think um, maybe one important important lesson that I learned, um, yeah, from 
uh, working from home is uh, be understanding and caring towards each other because um, um, like I'm sure uh, uh, the lockdowns and um, like uh, these few years uh, of living under COVID have been uh, really difficult and um, sometimes we have um, different circumstances so maybe uh, um, different um, circumstances about family about friends and different worries about uh, the world and the pandemic and uh, just trying to be um, to be uh, caring and reaching out uh, to help others is really important mm. well, that's that's interesting because I think uh, I mean a lot of people find that um, uh, early academic careers are pretty tough and competitive mm. and yep. actually you're not the first person who I've interviewed who said that it was such a revelation when working on their COVID project to, to be working in a much more collaborative way and that the, the competitive side of it was kind of dialed down and the cooperation was dialed up. And uh, I wonder if that's a lesson for how to manage science better in the future. Yeah, I think <coughs> yeah, definitely being open to uh, collaboration, uh, to uh, the free uh, exchange of information and expertise. I know uh, science is a competitive field, but at the same time, um, after all, we have an, a common goal of uh, making lives better um, for everyone in, in the world and solving uh, real, um, real world problems, like um, no matter whether it's uh, the energy challenge, uh, food challenges, or um, uh, in this case, um, uh, the coronavirus, uh, coronavirus pandemic, and just um, working together and um, being able to um, share that uh, information and expertise is really important. Mm -hmm. So I must, <coughs> excuse me, I'm assuming you're going to want to stay in this field for the future. You sound very enthusiastic. Yeah, pr probably. <laughs> <laughs> difficult, difficult to predict, I suppose. But, but yeah, I, I would like to continue like using my chemical knowledge and um, maybe experience um, on computational chemistry to um, continue working um, on pro uh, topics of um, medicinal relevance and um, so of chemistry um, at the interface of biology and medicine. Mm -hmm. well, thank you very much. Thank you.